Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Onion Unlimited, the podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridon. In this episode, I'll be asking what era are we now living in? I'll be taking a look at some more of your YouTube comments. And I'll be making a public service announcement. With the end of the second Elizabethan era comes the beginning of the reign of King Charles III. But what will this era be known as? We're familiar with the Elizabethan era, the Victorians, the Georgians and the Edwardians. But what do we call the reign of Charles III? Charlian? (laughs) No, it turns out it's to be known as the Carolean Age. Carolean being derived from Carolus, the Latin form of the name Charles. So there you go. You heard it here first. Let's take a look at a few more YouTube comments. First of all, we have Renegade from Denmark says, regarding the episode shunning parental alienation and how trauma causes reclusiveness, Renegade says, very good thoughts. I've experienced this too. I left 25 years ago and just recently acknowledged that my childhood was awful, neglected and left to myself always beaten up with the doctrines. I've been in therapy and I'm starting again in November. I've tried to take my life twice when I was younger. I'm now 54. I've thought of the PTSD as of just recently and everything just adds up. Two years ago, I experienced very bad bullying from workmates and that just put me on my knees. I'm coping, but I live as a recluse. I take care of my job as a nursing assistant, but I only work night shifts, less colleagues. I enjoy my job very much and now I have good colleagues, but I don't really have a social life. I love being on my own. I guess I have high functioning anxiety, lived all my life pretending nothing is Wrong. Greetings from Denmark. So quite a lot there to unpack, Renegade. First of all, having left 25 years ago, it's quite telling that even after a quarter of a century of leaving Jehovah's Witnesses, the trauma remains. Um, That's often the case with ones that leave Jehovah's Witnesses. The time that you spend as a witness really does impact on your mental health, your emotional health. Once again, another example of somebody that's tried to take their life. Very good to see that uh, Renegade is in therapy or has been in therapy and is going back for some more in November. I think therapy is one of those things that you don't necessarily do it and then that's the end of it. Sometimes you, you have to do it, take a little bit of a break apply the things that you've learned, the things that you've talked about, and then actually come back for some more. Um, I may actually go back for some more therapy myself at some point. Interesting as well, Renegade mentions how bullying from workmates has put her on her knees. It's notable that once you're in this kind of cycle of trauma, that 
things such as bullying, just being treated uh, badly or unjustly can actually have quite an impact. It's almost like you become quite sensitive to these kind of triggers. This is definitely the case with myself. And sometimes I find that I can be going along feeling quite good. And then all of a sudden, something will just come out of the blue that triggers the anxiety and the depression again. So I totally understand that. Interesting as well that Renegade has found herself being quite reclusive. Uh, Night shifts. Yeah, that's... um, I find myself doing the same thing. Uh, Nighttime often feels quite safe, doesn't it? When there's less people around, it's dark. (laughs) It's almost like the world is, you know, shut down for the evening and there's less stimulation, I think. So I totally get that. And yet at the same time, this is someone that's working as a nursing assistant, giving a lot back into the uh, community, despite all the things that have gone off in the past in their uh, JW life. So well done, Renegade. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I've got quite an interesting comment from Hoot Al, which came in a few days ago. Um, Hoot says, I have commented in the past about similarities that we share. This podcast, it's same one about uh, reclusiveness, adds more analogous traits and behaviours, namely an introverted nature, despite a successful career working with the public, bouts of depression and anxiety, adopting a reclusive lifestyle, episodes of PTSD, and even working as a wedding photographer. Apparently, these are all things that Hoot and myself have in common with each other. Hoot continues, perhaps our commonalities are not so surprising. Persons who share personality traits react in a similar fashion to intense trauma. The extreme cognitive and emotional stress when born in the truth, yet not embracing its doctrines and having no foreseeable way out of its entrapment, leads to a life that is unbearable and destructive. At least that was the case for me. It takes work to overcome the damage. I wish you and all those who take the step away success in building a happy life. The truth will set you free. Yeah, some very uh, insightful thoughts there in Hoot's comment. I do agree that uh, the particular personality type that I am, I happen to be INF. J on the Myers-Briggs personality spectrum. I'm introvert. I'm a deep thinker. I analyse things. I'm I'm quite self-critical and uh, creative. I think these things do actually go hand in hand with the territory of um, depression, bipolar disorder, definitely, and uh, just a kind of sensitivity to things like injustice and bullying abuse and so forth. I don't really know whether I became that kind of personality, that sensitive personality, because of being in a cult or whether that was my natural personality. But it does seem that quite a few of the people that leave Jehovah's Witnesses for reasons of, as Hoot says here, analysing the the doctrine and realising that it's not true and going through this this kind of period where you feel very trapped, uh, this cognitive dissonance, this all seems 
very familiar to me. And I see the same story told many, many times over. There's so many people that have been through this same feeling of entrapment, as Hoot says there. And Hoot mentions there that this becomes unbearable and destructive. Yes, sometimes it reaches the point, certainly this is what happened with me, where your life basically implodes as a result of the the sheer amount of emotional stress that you're under when you're you're in a cult and you're expected to believe and act and and uh, speak in a certain way but inside you you feel completely differently i don't know many people that have left jehovah's witnesses and not been affected by their time in the organization so i really don't know whether the organization itself affects people's personalities makes them more sensitive to depression and anxiety and so forth whether it actually causes that whether perhaps the organization attracts people that have depression and anxiety and then and it works that way i don't know maybe it's a a bit of both Commenting on episode 78, Good Vibrations, Chakras, Crystals and a Dose of Theosophy, Janice Loudon says uh, a fun JW fact. The Theosophists were condemned four times in the finished mystery. Indeed, they were. I, uh, I went and checked this out and indeed Janice is correct. Theosophy was condemned, as indeed were things like New Age, uh, Crystals, New Thought, anything like that really, as Spiritism. Janice continues that the Watchtower organisation has been happy to castigate Mary Baker Eddy, Spiritism movements such as New Thought, um, The Secret. (laughs) That's uh, a really good book, actually, The Secret things like crystal healing, all these kind of things as a Jehovah's Witness, you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to look into. And that was really the point in my uh, podcast episode, that once you're no longer a Jehovah's Witness, these are things that you can look into. Uh, You can start investigating other beliefs without feeling guilty. It's uh, really quite liberating and gives you a real sense of freedom. Janice makes the point that theosophy actually uses many familiar terms, uh, such as the New World Order. Um, That's also something, I believe, that shows up in Freemasonry. Next, a nice comment from uh, Roger Kirkpatrick. Daniel, you likely have no idea how many people are benefiting from your excellent posts, myself included. Please keep up the good work. On uh, episode 19, what do apostates offer in replacement of the truth? Danielle Collar says, right on it. Since their prophecies failed, I cannot trust their promise of eternal life on earth. Their paradise on earth is purely a fairy tale way less credible than Snow White, Cinderella or Harry Potter. Their paradise has no biblical foundation. They're not offering something. They are deceiving people and that must be denounced. If someone sells people brass for gold at the price of gold, they must be stopped, even though I don't offer anything as an alternative. However, I do save people from being used and 
deceived. That is what the Watchtower does. It sells a fake salvation. Indeed, Danielle, and that was really the uh, the point of that episode. Quite often the witnesses will criticise so-called apostates because they point out the errors of the Watchtower but then don't offer anything in replacement as if that's a valid reason to, to disregard what the so-called apostates are saying. It's not. I personally don't really feel any need to provide an alternative, as Danielle is saying there. I think it's just very important to point out to people the errors of the uh, the Watchtower organisation so they can make their own decision. For me, if, uh, if what I do on Onion Unlimited saves one person from wasting their life on this cult, then it will have been worth it. Uh, I will be speaking a bit more on this subject shortly as I uh, give a public service announcement. Steam8859, all chill, says Jehovah's Witnesses are the most loveless organisation on the face of the planet. I would have to agree with you. And this is why it's so sad, really, that Jehovah's Witnesses think they are the most loving organisation on the face of the planet. But it's actually the complete opposite. When it comes to treatment of other people, that particularly ones that leave the organisation, it's it's quite brutal, really, isn't it? The, uh, the shunning and... Uh, the way that families completely cut off their loved ones as if they are completely dead. It's one of those situations where the witnesses are kind of living in this this sort of bubble where they think that, you know, they're very, very loving, but it's almost like their natural affection has been completely switched off when it comes to um, choosing between family or the organisation. The organisation always comes first, of course. So, yes, completely agree with that. Thank you for your comment. And James Gastaldo says, you've got to love religion, destroying perfectly good lives for thousands of years. Couldn't say it any better myself. So that leads me on to a public service announcement. Basically, I want to make a uh, an announcement, a warning, if you will, that will hopefully help people that are not Jehovah's Witnesses uh, not to make probably the most terrible decision of their life by joining Jehovah's Witnesses. If you... Um, are looking into the witness organisation at the moment, or if you're studying with Jehovah's Witnesses, please, please take this in the spirit it's meant. It's not uh, intended to be unnecessarily critical about religious beliefs or faiths, but it's just based on my own personal experience and the experience of many other people that have shared experiences similar to myself. Basically, the announcement or the warning is as follows. If you officially join Jehovah's Witnesses, and by that I mean if you get baptised, you need to be aware that you cannot later officially leave what's known as disassociation without being completely shunned by all of your JW friends and even your family if you have any of those in the actual cult. Those who disassociate are actually treated the same way as ones who are disfellowshipped 
for some infraction of the cult rules, even if they've done nothing wrong. Simply put, saying that you no longer want to be identified as a Jehovah's Witness means that you will be shunned. It will be announced at the next Kingdom Hall meeting that you are no longer one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And that would put everybody in the congregation on high alert to completely cut you off, to treat you as dead, as if you no longer exist. Now, as Jeffrey Jackson, governing body member, was keen to point out at the Australian Royal Commission, the investigation into child sexual abuse he was summoned to, witnesses do have the option to go what they call inactive. In other words, to just stop attending meetings and going out on the preaching work. But here's the thing. Even if you decide to go inactive and you don't go to meetings anymore, you will still be considered a Jehovah's Witness unless you put it in writing that you wish to disassociate. And basically, the elders will be watching you. People in the congregation will be watching you and reporting back to the elders to see if indeed you do do anything that is considered wrong or sinful. And if you do, let's say, for example, that you fade as a Jehovah's Witness, you never officially send a letter in, but then you start celebrating Christmas, for example. If you're spotted, you run the risk of being uh, dobbed in (laughs) to the elders and hauled before what they call a judicial committee, basically three elders that consider your sins and decide whether or not you are sorry enough. If you're not, if they consider that you're, you're not sorry enough, you will then be disfellowshipped. Now, attending a judicial hearing, according to the Elder's Secret Handbook, indicates that you still view the congregation as having authority over you. So if you turn up to a judicial hearing, you're basically giving them permission (laughs) to disfellowship you. So you might be better just to refuse any invitations if you've faded and then all of a sudden they... They want to uh, bring you along to a judicial hearing. You might be, you might be as well to say, I don't recognise your authority of me anymore. Of course, they are pretty much a rule unto themselves, so they could still proceed. It's possible for them to have a judicial hearing in your absence and still disfellowship you. Of course, over time, an inactive person can become completely forgotten about. There are ones that have faded from Jehovah's Witnesses and then gone on to live relatively normal lives in the world. But I've also heard of ones that have been hounded for decades after fading. It really does just depend on um, how the elders feel about things, whether or not they want to go after you or not. There's really no dignified way to say once you've joined Jehovah's Witnesses and got baptised, there's no dignified way to say I don't want to be a Jehovah's Witness anymore without being completely cut off and shunned by everyone who knows you. So that's a warning to the public. Like I say, think twice before you sign your life away to this cult. You really don't want to end up trapped like myself and many others have for many, many years. That's all for this time. Thank you for joining me again. Drop in again soon. Bye for now. (laughs) 